Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drifting Pro-Am, and I am your host, Gerald Hernandez, and this week's guest is Ian Archer. Uh, he is a Pro-Am driver from SoCal. He drives in Just Drift, and he's actually a photographer for, I believe it was Everything Drift for a little bit before he got into competition. Kind of go over that. We go over a little bit of setups, um, just kind of his what he's going to be doing, what he has done. And he and I actually met at... My very first Pro-Am event, which was Just Drift of 2018, the first round, when I went up into the hill, because I'm a dumbass, and uh, we actually talked about that, too. So, uh, without any other delays, thank you for listening to the podcast, and I hope you guys enjoy the show. Yellow. What's up, man? What's up, brother? How you doing, man? Doing good. Oh, congratulations on the engagement, dude. Thank you. I saw that. I like, yeah, we've been together for six years or so, so I figured why, is, why not pop the question? Well, yeah, you know what? Uh, <laughs> my girlfriend doesn't listen to this, so I don't I don't know if I ever, if that's going to happen, like, soon. That sounds expensive, <laughs> plus racing. <laughs> uh, well, it's not too bad. Right. Uh, so, if you'd like to go and introduce yourself, who you are, what you do. Uh, my name's Ian Archer, and I'm a Nissan Master Mechanic, and I drift for fun, <laughs> and I compete. And a little bit piece of what else you do for drifting? That Oh, I also do media and take pictures and all that stuff. I sh- used to shoot FD, and I used to shoot Pro-Am, and... Get everybody pictures. Nice. And then did you, did, like, you started out as a um, photographer, right? Yeah. Uh, I started out doing media for uh, about seven years, give or take. Okay. And then everybody I knew and all my friends, they all drove. And I had a street car. I had a white S14 with an LS in it. And it was, like I said, just drove around the streets and then got tired of watching. So I figured, why not drive? I was always curious about how that, because I knew you took photos. I just never knew what the transition was. Um, how long have you been driving now? Uh, so far, it's only been two seasons. I started. Oh, I started actually the year that uh you decided to go hill climbing that was your fault by the way you were right in front of me and i was like this guy goes hard i was like fuck it i'm gonna go for it and then bam right into the mountain yeah that was twice that that was (laughs) that was actually my first event and i ended up qualifying 11th on my first event i hate you jesus (laughs) dude that's nuts though um because I, I know you had just like put a whole bunch of in whole bunch of money into the car right at the time like building it getting it ready for round one uh yeah so I had a chassis um I there was a cage and everything in it and then I knew something was a little bit twisted on the chassis but I ended up pulling the motor and uh, I was going to you know clean up the chassis and do a bunch of work to it this was a few months before round one. And then when I pulled the motor out, 
I found out that the front subframe was twisted. Oh shit! Uh, so the front uh, the front frame rails one was pushed forward and one was pushed back. So my buddy uh, and like I said, keep in mind this was probably three months before round one. Uh huh. And uh, so I decided to just scrap the whole chassis. And then my buddy had, he owns a muffler shop down the street from me. Okay. He had an S14 that was already caged, um, had a bunch of work done to it. Um, it was just a rolling chassis, though. So the hard part was done. already had the cage in it. So I ended up going to his shop, and we made a deal. So I got the cage chassis for pretty cheap. Um, it already had suspension and a few other things on it that... I was going to get rid of anyways, but it helped because I had all my suspension off the other car. So I ended up buying the car, stripping it down to nothing, sold all the extra parts, used some of that money to help build the car, and then uh, turned around and started that. Ended up having... Um, so the first car I pulled, I pulled the motor because I was going to put in the new motor that um, that I bought. Because yeah. I went from an LS1, and then I bought the LQ9 um, that was already built to put in the car. And that's, like I said, that's when I found out it was twisted. Yeah. So I ended up putting in the new motor, uh, the 6.0 LQ9, and then uh, into the new chassis and decided to just kind of go all out. <laughs> I dropped probably snowball. 25, 30 grand. Yeah, snowball build is a real fucking thing. And it's yeah. Thing. And uh, it just, I figured if I'm going to do it, I might as well go all out. And I've been around the sport for so long, so I know what fails, what doesn't fail. Yeah. And I was able to build the car um, that I wouldn't have any issues with. And then, so I finished the car probably a month and a half before round one went out testing and ended up messing up i dirt dropped on balcony ended up spinning the car around and hit a k barrier oh sh the cement one huh <laughs> yeah I not the forgiving plastic one like i did yeah <laughs> so, the cement k barrier is not forgiving so Right after I finished everything in the front end, um, all the angle kit and everything, ended up putting it into the wall, having to turn around and spend another five grand, and then ended up, because the control arms and everything were bent, so I figured why not just upgrade, and I ended up going with uh, the WiseFab with uh, Nate from Bink. Uh, with his whole correction kit and everything. Yeah. And like I said, it just snowballed from there. Dude. And just got deeper and deeper. Yeah, I can only imagine. Especially when you're trying to make that season. And then, so, that wasn't like your first time driving when you hit that wall, was it? Like, you've <laughs> no. gone drifting before, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, just because you drove... were like, I built a car and then I went to compete. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, no, I drove... Um... I drove for a few months. Uh, I drove a few fun events. Um, I it ended up going out drifting for my buddy Mickey's birthday. 
mm. and then drove a few times with Brandon and Tim, and uh, you know, just a few few times here and there. It was nothing crazy. Yeah, and then I ended up saying, "Screw it, let's compete," and then just kind of went from there and got really deep into it. Yeah, and then uh, did you compete last year? Yeah, I ended up competing last year. Uh, it didn't go so well. <laughs> I oh that's right didn't you bl- you blew a motor again last year if I'm not mistaken like, um yeah after I, a rebuild so yeah I the beginning of this year I pulled the motor um I ended up getting a sponsorship from CP Carrillo so I said you know screw it I might as well build the motor even more uh so I boarded out to a six two uh did CP CP pistons Carrillo rods bunch of head work and. Ended up getting the motor a little bit better, and then don't know exactly what happened um, with my engine builder. Uh, it was the first engine that he's had fail on him, and when we pulled everything apart, we ended up finding out uh, we weren't a hundred percent sure, but we think that it was just a bad bearing to begin with. So it ended up spinning a bearing. It was like three track days in. It was right before round two. And uh, ended up having to, because I was up at uh, Horse Leaf testing and uh, having to pull the motor. That was actually right before Long Beach FD, where the car was supposed to be on display. So I ended up blowing the motor on Monday, testing. I pulled it Monday night, had it over to my engine builder on Tuesday. He rebuilt it Wednesday and Thursday. I got it back Thursday night, put it back in the car. And was able to get the car to go for the uh, to go display on infield by Saturday. I remember that. Okay. <laughs> it was it was hectic, dude. And just for it to be a display car, not even to drive it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Charlie ended up giving me a call, and he uh, he wanted some of the I guess nicer looking cars in in Top Drift to go kind of represent for top drift at the on the infield yeah because there was a bunch of people from like vegas and a bunch of uh the pro-am events and series so they ended up uh charlie wanted me to go there and like i said it snowballed at the beginning but i ended up getting it there so what is your uh, goal with competing do you plan on doing like pro 2 or are you just trying to see where you're at with the rest of the field uh, I mean, right now, I mean, I compete for fun. You know, if I go out and qualify and and do well, awesome. You know, but um, I and to be completely honest, going into pro two, it's far fetched. I mean, I helped out Tim, and I know how expensive it is. Just one event in pro two can cost five to ten grand for just one event. Yes, that's like our whole season almost yeah I, for I one so getting uh getting into pro 2 would be cool but it's hard to get backing for pro 2 not a lot of sponsorships out there actually want to support pro 2 but it depends on program and all that other stuff as well but as of right now it's just i just drive for fun it's something that i enjoy and the competition part of it's fun just because you get to drive with the other people and kind of push your limits and it's challenging 
I think exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I hear like, oh, everybody just wants to compete or just like in a negative way about like competition. And I'm like, well, some people just kind of find the challenge, uh, you know, they find excitement in it. So that's fun. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where like you kind of want to do you want to do good for yourself, you know? Yeah. But exactly. me, me, I just I go out to have fun. I go out and I hang out with all my friends. Yeah. You know, drive with all my buddies. And like I said, if I qualify, cool. You know, if I do well, great. But if I don't, I'm not going to beat myself up over it, you know? Yeah, exactly. A lot of people go out and it's everything to them. And if they don't qualify, they're just, they're pissed off at the world. But me, it's like, it, to me, it doesn't matter either way, you know? For me, yeah, it's just... it, it gets pretty uh, intense sometimes when you, some of the guys, they're like, my run was better and... And they're like, this guy qualified higher than me. Like, they get real complainy. But I get it. It's it's out of <laughs> pa- like, it's out of passion. Yeah, that was like me at, at uh, last round uh, this this season when we were driving at the wall. Oh shit! Uh, it w- oh, that's right. I remember that. Like I, I I put down a solid run and I I thought it was great. And I was like, dude, I I definitely qualified. And then when they announced it, like. I didn't even qualify, <laughs> so I was, to me, I was like, "That sucks," you know. But yeah, I can imagine. Apparently, the the judges, uh, you know, they kind of explained it to me. Like everything on the, on my runs were great, except for coming into outer two and throwing it into that pocket. Apparently, I wasn't deep enough into the pocket, and that's like the one spot in that whole track where they want you on the wall. So, ah, okay. I guess I uh, I didn't get close enough, <laughs> but you know it is what it is. You know I'm not gonna beat up the judges over it. And uh, so I get a, I get this question like, what's your tow rig and setup like, and what do, how do you set up your pits? Um, so your pit, rather, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So tow rig, uh, like when I first started. I, I was towing with an F-250, um, and then kind of got tired of, you know, trying to make it up hills and all that stuff, so went out, uh, I bought an 08 Duramax, and truck pulls amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I heard. Yeah, that truck's freaking awesome, and then I end up, uh, I had to open. Isn't that big, like, on 40s, too? The wheels? Nah, I, I dropped. It was on 37s. I dropped it to 35s. Oh, okay. So a little bit easier to tow. But uh, I ended up getting the truck, and then I had an open trailer. Um, and then it was funny. Uh, me and my girl, she goes up to me. She goes, "Hey, uh, there's a place down the street that um, that sells trailers." And I was like, "All right, let's go check it out. Let's go look." And then um, <laughs> so we show up and. Ended up driving home with a 20, I think it was a 24 or 26-foot trailer enclosed. Nice. But um, so pits-wise, spare parts, you know, make sure you have spare axles, tie rods. Um, I ended up buying spare front wheels because I ran into issues at Horse Thief. That track is not forgiving. Ended up uh bending a few wheels there so i end up having some spares for the fronts just in case yeah uh, like i said wheels tie rods 
spark plugs, uh, coils, you know, just the things that you think that would fail. And thank God I've never, I mean, with my new setup, I haven't broken one axle in two seasons. Right. So, what, what are you running back there? Um, I'm, I'm running the Villains 350Z conversion output shafts. Okay. Um, I was running just a welded, you know, S13 diff. Um, I ended up, it was not too long ago, actually. Um, it was right before round three. And I went out testing and ended up blowing up the diff again. It was my third welded diff that I went through. So I ended up uh, contacting Rob. And he ended up having a weir spool um, sitting in his shop. So I ended up picking up the... It's a weir spool with the, um, the villain's... 350z conversion and with that setup i haven't had one issue dude that's that's all you want especially from the diff because you're putting like 500 horsepower down right at the wheels uh yeah it's it's 500 wheel okay and then oh let's talk about your transmission and your uh your nifty little shifter setup which i admittedly said why did you get that i was like one of the ones i was like (laughs) why did he get this but if you want to go into that. So there was uh, at round three, I was having issues with my tranny. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I would shove it into third. And then if I didn't shove it in hard enough, it would start popping out. Um, and I got sick and tired of it. And there were also times where I'd be driving and I'd have to downshift from third to second. And I'd miss shift. Um, you know, everybody does it. And um, so I'd miss shift and, you know, rev the car out or bog it out or whatever, you know. So I had the decision of whether to go with a uh, with a dog box or go with the sequential shifter. And I've always wanted a sequential, so I ended up going that route after doing a bunch of research on it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I went out. It felt amazing. You know, you have to set it up correctly. You have to adjust it correctly to make sure it goes into all the gears. Oh, okay. So there is, it isn't just a plug and play. There is some tuning to it, sort of. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it is a kind of a bolt-in. Um, you know, you bolt it in. You don't have to modify much. But yeah, um, a fender's bolt on too, but it's not going to line up. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But there, what you said is it has to line up correctly to be able to go into all of the of uh, the age pattern and make sure that it doesn't hang up in anywhere, like and and going forward or backward. Okay. So it took a little bit to get it perfect, and then uh, ended up bolting it down. And then they had it comes with some pins. So you drill holes and put the pins in and then tighten everything down. So when you're out driving and you're pulling back to shift on it, the plates don't move. So I ended up going out and testing on it and then come to find out that uh, the issue with round three um, wasn't necessarily the shifter or anything. It was actually a tranny. Um, I ended up 
the apparently the weak link and T fifty six is the third fourth fork, mm-hmm. and then they also have like plastic shims on the inside of the tranny. Yeah, uh, I, that's the one that goes on the fork, right? Yeah, there's. I think uh, I know what well, you're talking about at the end. I believe it's yeah, it's on. I pulled. It's I rebuilt one before. Yeah. Yeah, it's part of the fork, and that, that's. I guess that's the weak link in them. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've I've done rebuild manual trans, but I've never pulled apart a T fifty six. So, yeah. I ended up uh, dropping it off over at Anaheim Gear, and those guys, amazing. <laughs> they uh, they took care of me. They had the tranny rebuilt in two days. And yeah, dude, awesome. every time I see you do something, you're like, I need it done stat. I'm like, holy shit, how does he find these people? <laughs> a lot of research and uh, dude, I guess knowing the right people. It it also helps that you're in the automotive industry, I assume. Yeah, it does. Um, I mean, I to be completely honest, if uh, there's a lot of times where if I don't know something, I'll get I'll give uh, Nate a call over at Bink, and Nate's been nothing but good to me, man. He uh, every single time I have questions or any issues, or if I only have issues setting something up. Like, Nate's always been there to help me out. Yeah. So, he recommended them, and uh, also Edward recommended them. Zapata? Zapata? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I ended up, like I said, driving down there, dropping it off. They had it done in two days. I ended up snapping the 3-4 fork in two. Okay. And uh, so, they replaced that. They replaced... uh, some gears and some other stuff in the tranny and got it back went out to uh nisfest and that was the first time that i was actually able to feel like the full effect on the shifter and it's it's awesome <laughs> so now well, like with the shifter there's no i've seen a couple like people there's a few f- facebook posts about it and people were talking about how like it's not it's not necessarily going to make you shift faster or shift um, stronger. It's just going to like guarantee you not to miss shift for the most part. Correct. Okay. I mean, is it a little bit quicker? Yeah. Oh, it is? Okay, because hey, that miss. video you posted, it was like, I know it was your first time driving it, but I was like, man, these shifts, this thing shifts so slow. No, I, to be honest, uh, when I was driving it, like the in-car. Yeah. Um. A lot of the in-car footage was showing me because I wasn't, like, banging it hard. No, that's what I asked. But it didn't, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It didn't look like you were, like, going for it either. So, which you can also see. But it looks like you were just, like, let's see what this thing does. Exactly. Like, I wasn't wasn't banging it super, super hard. But towards the end of the day, where at night, and I didn't get that much in-car footage. But towards the end of the night, it was, I banged it hard, and it worked, like, really well. Yeah. So, it ends up shifting fast. Yeah, because those things are supposed to be able to handle like a whole bunch of fucking power, especially at your power. Like, you should be set. Yeah, the Did well, you... the tranny, the the tranny, like I said, the weak points in it, I replaced it. So I was going to ask you tranny yeah. issues because you go with like the I think they were supposed to be like brass um, yeah, shims. Yeah, brass shims with uh, with I believe it is like a cast uh a steel or a steel fork yeah 
like I had the aluminum one. I had a T56 before in my old Cadillac, like my street car. Um, and one day I was going, I was going from the 710 South to the five South. All I did was put it from fourth gear to fifth gear and then fifth gear just spun on the main shaft. And then, so fifth and sixth are actually, um, in one piece. And like, you can see it, like I still have the pieces too. Like it just sheared right the fuck off. So I drove that thing around for like two months with, with a four speed in it. Basically (laughs) I was, I was broke at the time. Like I was barely able to make the payments on the damn car. Actually, the payment wasn't bad. It was the insurance that was killing me. (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, the, the, on the tranny, hopefully, uh, you know, eventually I'm going to upgrade it to the Viper kit and I'll do all that stuff. But yeah, that, uh, do that. does that, does that make you change the main shaft? Yeah, you have to change the main shaft. It's out. supposed to be, or almost everything, because everything's supposed to be larger, isn't it? Correct. Okay, that's what I thought. You just basically keep the case, all the gears kind of get replaced. Yeah, all the gears, the main shaft, and then you also have to change uh, your output shaft yoke. Oh, to a, a completely different, different style? Yeah, it's a different spline. Oh, shit. Okay. Good to know. So that was the whole reason why I didn't upgrade it now, because I was in a time crunch, and I didn't have enough no. time to replace all that, all the stuff. Yeah. And then uh, one thing I, w- I wanted to, to get into a little bit is how, like, you had made mention of, like, just, you ended up just spending, what, 25, 30 grand on the car? Because that snowball uh, build thing happens, and it's like, hey, you got to get this. And then you, you hear, I know I'm a little all over the place right now, but you hear like so many people are like, oh, you should just be getting seat time and replace what breaks when it breaks. And then you hear like online everywhere. Well, why didn't you upgrade that sooner? You know, it was a weak point or why don't you have like sufficient enough fuel system? Just it's always something. And then that's how snowball build happens. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I've been around it for a long time <clears throat> and uh, like I always helped out Tim. I always helped out Brandon who's brandon i know who tim is brandon Contreras. okay okay i was like there's i know with the supercharged s14 yeah i I know who you're talking about now yeah so me brandon and tim we all grew up together oh we all raced we all raced bmx together when we were kids nice did you guys all grow up in that area because i know you're i know where like the area you live in uh we we all grew up in palmdale oh shit that's crazy and then uh i moved out to valencia and then Tim ended up buying a house, or he lives down the street from me. Oh, nice. And uh, Brandon still lives out in Palmdale. But, you know, we all still, still keep in touch. And we all help each other as much as we can. Like, uh, for instance, I went out to Texas with Tim. Okay. And uh, it was funny. Tim actually was having a bunch of power steering problems with, uh, uh, with his car at i believe it was st louis no was it st louis it was st louis i believe um so he blew up a pump and a rack or something like that and then he was having a bunch of issues trying to get it fixed so right before texas i was going out to texas with him because i was going to spot for him and we were sitting there a night before he was supposed to leave and we still couldn't get his power steering to work correctly. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I said, you know what, dude? I said, fuck this. I said, let's go to my house. 
And we ended up coming to my house. I pulled off my entire power steering setup. I pulled off my pump, my cooler, um, my rack, my lines, everything. Because I ended up, I have the turn one pump with the external reservoir. And I've never had an issue with it. So I was like, dude, my power steering setup is solid. So we ended up going back to his house, throwing on my power steering setup. Everything was perfect. And I was like, all right, dude, I don't want to hear anything about power steering. So <laughs> I didn't want to be on the radio and be like, oh, my power steering failed. So that's why I was like, you know what, screw it. I'll lend you my whole setup so you won't have any issues. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, back to, you know, like me and Tim, uh, we always help out, help out each other as much as we can. You know, whenever he needs something, I go over to his house. We spend half the night in the garage helping him out. You know, when I need some help, he'll help me out and, you know, go back and forth. That's good, though. I, you know, that's especially if you live close to each other, because that makes it easier. Because when you have to drive to your friend's house to help him, it makes you not want to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, I mean, he lives on the other side of town, but, you know, it's only like 10, 15 minutes away. Yeah. So it's not so bad. <clears throat> yeah, you, and then Santa Clarita is a uh, madhouse with traffic. You guys have like, what? eight lane wide roads and it's still stop and go yeah it's pretty shitty yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh what's uh what's your plan for next year uh do you plan on continuing to competing do you plan on competing in any other series besides just drift um next year is probably going to be a hit and miss depends on uh a lot of things but um you know I want to compete. If I do compete, uh, most likely it's going to be top drift. And then um, I want to try to do drift league, but there's a few things that my car won't pass tech on, surprisingly. Um, I need to put foot intrusion bars in and change out my brake setup to a booster setup. And, and then I could drive in, in drift league. But I... Uh, for, I mean, for the most part, with it's a probably going to be setup or without. I'm sorry, you cut out a little bit. Um, I have to change the my brake setup to a booster because right now I'm running the Chase Bay's uh, Wheelwood Master. And there's only one outlet for the brakes, so they want at least a two outlet master cylinder to pass tech. Huh. I didn't. I didn't even know that that was an issue. Yeah, it's like a it's a fail safe kind of issue. So if one line busts, at least you still have the other line. Okay, I didn't even didn't even know. Oops, crazy. Okay, good to know. Yeah, Ke Kevin Wells gave me shit for it when I went to go drive it at Irwindale for Thursday night drift. Mm -hmm. He told me, "What's that?" That's funny. He's never. I don't think he's ever even looked at my car. Well, he's looked at my BMW, not the Cadillac. Yeah, like I said, when I, when I went there, he told me, he just gave me a heads up. He's like, I'll let you drive, but just a heads up, this wouldn't pass tech for, you know, FD. And since Drift League is pretty much to the book, then uh, it, I don't think it'll pass. Yeah, probably not. Uh, Well, 
so like my car is cut in a spot where it shouldn't be in the floor plan in the trunk and they said that doesn't matter like you're not getting any competitive edge he's like but you should you should re-weld the piece back in yeah i mean that's kind of the what he said he's like it's just suggestion you know yeah you know what they're not clear on is like okay so you know how you have the um the spare tire tub yeah it's not very clear like is if you can cut that whole thing out if it surpasses the rearest mounting point of your suspension yeah the subframe yeah so like mine goes into it so my my uh my subframe will uh i i would say it's about i don't know four to six inches i'd have to get up and look but um to cut that out like it's do you just put a piece there so it matches or there's not it's like not really clear i have no idea i mean following the fd rule book there's so many different things that Dude, they could dock you on but you know i like i said i don't plan on going into fd anytime soon so to me it doesn't bother me that much yeah that's understandable i mean my car is safe you know <clears throat> yeah exactly and, and it passes tech just about anywhere i go so i'm not worried too much about it yeah that's that's always helpful um okay so if you're not going to be driving do you plan on shooting any events next year uh no i mean i'm kind of over the whole media thing um i mean there's not very much money in it you know when you're shooting if at all <laughs> yeah assume. if at all I assume. you know yeah. if anything you're you're getting maybe a hundred bucks an event if you're lucky and that's if drivers are willing to pay. You know, there's only a few select few drivers out there that will actually pay for photos. Um, but like I said, it's really hard to actually make any kind of money off of doing media. Yeah, that's one thing I need to make a priority for next year is actually getting a media person and paying them. Because yeah. I spend every dollar I have already and then, <laughs> you know. I'd rather just know up front, like, hey, how much are you charging me for this year? Or yeah, at least per event. Yeah, it's per, usually it's per event. Um, but unfortunately, like I said, it's it's hard to get drivers to pay for it. I yeah. mean, majority of the time, I I shop for free. You know, I shop for just for fun. And being on the other side of it, now I know how it is to e to either get media coverage or not get media coverage. And, you know? and, and, w and on top of that, now, are you willing to pay for it? Because you've been on the other side. Um, I have paid for it. So, I have too, but I haven't paid a whole lot. So yeah, same here. You know, if anything, it's like, you know, 40 or 50 bucks an event, you know, you get a batch of photos and yeah. I do my own. And that's, own in car and stuff yeah and that's something i'd like to like but you want the stills yeah of course you know? and then that's something i would like to like include in my budget for next year because i don't want to just kind of like keep my fucking fingers crossed every round like oh did they get me so yeah see the thing is unfortunately that's what it takes to get sponsorships like there's people out there that can't necessarily drive you know, they're not very good. Me! <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, there's people out there that can't drive. They, you know, they, they they don't really know how to drift. But yet, they get all these sponsorships. And, unfortunately, 
for the people that can drive that don't get sponsorships, it kind of sucks because all they want is media coverage. You could have 50,000 followers and you'll get sponsorships whether you can probably drive or not. Yeah, I want to know how everyone's going to do that with Instagram supposedly taking all that shit away. I think that, I mean, to be honest, I think that might have a little bit to do with it so people can't make money off of Instagram. Yeah, that's that's exactly what that is, from my understanding, is they're like, hey, we're not getting a piece of this fucking pie and you're promoting everything for free. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's free, it's free access to a bunch of promotions mm-hmm. and, you know, they're not getting a cut. Just like anybody else in that situation, they want to cut. And I, I ain't mad at them for that. So I'm trying <laughs> to figure out, like, people are going to have to actually put something together now and actually have something with physical, not necessarily physical value, but, you know, like, tangible value to their yeah, program. Exactly. Like, you can't just say, like, hey, I got, a, you know, 100,000 followers. Like, they're going to be like, that's cool. Nobody knows that anymore. Exactly. So, like, in my opinion, I think it's, I mean, the people that are out there driving that have better-looking cars that people go out to see and put on a show, you know, I think that nowadays is probably going to get further than the followers that people don't have. Yeah, it might, get, it might go back to the, like, hey, you need a win to... The way it should be. I agree. I agree. <laughs> and obviously I'm no I'm no I'm not good like I know that but that doesn't mean like I, I can't be I just maybe it's just not there yet but it may never yeah, see, be there so there's there's a reality in it yes yeah, so like here, here's a little backstory on something so Tim on for just a an example Tim is a phenomenal driver agreed and he is you know, he's, he's having trouble, not trouble, but I mean, to get backing in Pro 2, even though that he is a phenomenal driver, his his content, or I should say uh, his media, isn't, like, extravagant. So the, the, the sponsors, they don't necessarily go after that, whether or not he's an amazing driver or not. Um, and it kind of sucks because, like I said, when it when it comes down to drivers that are great like Tim, and they can't get a lot of back. Well, I mean, he gets some backing, but not you know as much as he probably deserves. Um, but you know, it's not fair to those kind of drivers. Yeah, I agree with that because I have seen him drive, and then obviously. What he did in Texas, like, to go out there with a completely blown clutch, from my understanding. <laughs> yeah, he was And still fucking put it down. Like, and still keep up and shit like that. Like, it's it goes to show, like, how, how good of a driver he is. And not only how good of a driver he is, but, like, it, it shows... Uh, passion. That. I was looking for another word. It's definitely passion is one of them. His to drive. His com- drive, yes, commitment, exactly. commitment, drive. Yes, that's the word. And uh, it's like he was willing to fucking blow the car up. That's what it seemed like. Exactly. You know, yeah. when you go out like that, it's 
but but that's only good when you drive well because i'll do the same shit but i don't drive well <laughs> and then i just break shit so it it can go both ways like you look at tim and it's like yeah this guy's really good and he's ready to he's like no risk it no biscuit and then there's me who's trash and then no risk it no biscuit and now i'm replacing an engine a flywheel <laughs> a clutch fucking everything so yeah tim was on his clutch and uh he was literally metal to metal and he came over the radio he's like dude i have no clutch he's like i am throwing it into gears no clutch and he was still able to throw it to ola's door yeah exactly that's with no clutch imagine what he could have done with a clutch that's exactly what i was getting at so it's <laughs> it's just like it's nuts what these people what these guys are doing out there and uh yeah. to have that commitment and then it's kind of hard because from my understanding he, uh i don't know him personally i've met we've talked like once but i know like he works in um the film industry and i know that's like busy and fucking hectic from my understanding oh yeah that so he probably doesn't have the fucking you know. time that maybe someone else who works a 95 you know lives down the street from their office and then goes back home and they have the rest of the time you know what i mean like living in yeah, SoCal, exactly. getting in and out of Santa Clarita Valley to LA is fucking trash. Everybody knows it. Yeah, exactly. I do it every day. So you, wait, wait, where do you work at? Like in what city? I work in, I work in Van Nuys, like right by the 101. Oh, fuck that. Okay, I know where you work now. So to drive Dude. 22 miles, it takes me over an hour. Yeah, I know. So, um, like some, so I, I install fire alarms. So mm-hmm. I work all over SoCal. Uh, like today I was in Laguna Niguel and it took me, I left my dumb ass woke up late. So, but I left my house like at seven fifty. I didn't get to my first stop until 10 30. Traffic in California sucks. It's fucking tra- <laughs> And I have a fast pass, so it's trash, man. <laughs> it's fucking trash, but it's all I know. So whatever, I'll deal yeah. with it. Yeah, so that's the. I mean, that's the whole reason why I'm iffy about competing next year is because I plan on getting out of California. No, I don't blame you. Um, let's just say you don't compete in the pro am series. Would you still consider competing in one of the shootouts? Um, eh, it depends. I mean, if it's a shootout close enough, yeah, maybe. Yeah, because that's something I actually wanted to do. Is um, I want to hit one next year at least. I know that I'm gonna. I'm committed to the drift league. Um, and I really want to do Holly LS Fest. LS Fest was a blast last year. Yeah, I know. I was trying to fucking band-aid my car together with paper clips and shit, and it didn't happen. <laughs> so I was just, yeah, I ate that $100. Yeah, that was a whole, like, that was the first time I've been to LS Fest. But being able to go out there to LS Fest and drive with those guys, like Nick Gross and, uh, uh, who else was Nate, Nate Hamilton out there? Uh, yeah, Hamilton and Brody then Goble. Uh, yeah, like these guys are just unbelievable drivers. Yeah. Like I was out there tanning with Nick Gross, and being able to like have him right on my door, it's it's a whole nother experience, dude. It's so much fun. Do you ever get nervous when you know like there's a a really good driver that's gonna be following you? You're like, oh shit. It's, it's don't, fuck don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. It's not nervous. I mean, I just go out there and, you know, do a lead run, you know. But yeah. it's it's nice to have a driver who you can trust 
to be on your door than somebody you don't know. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's like, I'm not worried about hitting somebody or somebody. I'm worried more or less somebody hitting me. Yeah, it's but just car parts. They can be replaced. That's how I feel about it. But you know, I also know how <laughs> expensive this shit is and how much money I make, and it they don't add. They don't like. Doesn't add up. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Like I'm on hold right now for at least until after Christmas before I start throwing more money at this car again. And then I also have a trip like that's already paid for to Hawaii. That's coming up in April. Um, the weekend before uh, FD Long Beach, or the. Yeah, the weekend before FD Long Beach, and then I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the drift league is going to start around April. So, so it's going to be like a bunch ex- of things. An expensive want. ass month because I'm I'm assuming I'm going to spend at least like a grand there, in fucking Hawaii. Yeah, that's, oh Hawaii's expensive. Yeah, I've so I've heard. I've I don't I'm not a traveler. I've so. never been, but my Do, buddy, my buddy goes there all the time. Dude, and my girlfriend. It's expensive. My girlfriend suckered me into it, so. She's a traveler. Like, we we both make the same amount of money. She blows all her money on travel, and then I blow all my money on trash. <laughs> so, yeah. See, I blow my money. Uh, I have a lot of bills, but you know, most a lot of my money goes into the car. Yeah. And then when I buy tires, I normally buy like five grand worth of tires at once. You buy in bulk. Yeah. See, do you get yeah. better deals? You get more tires like that. For yourself? Uh, yeah, to be honest. Okay, uh, good. Like, I was able to get a hold of a company and get the Zena tires. Um, oh, sweet. How'd you like those? I absolutely love them. The RDM Sports are fantastic. Really? Okay. Good to know. I was always curious about them. And I know they're out of Arizona, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, but unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be making that tire anymore. Bummer. I picked up about half of the last batch they have in the warehouse in Ontario. Oh damn! So I ended up picking picking up about sixty tires. Yeah, I could. That's and that's so much more worth it because how many tires are you? Go, how long will it take you to go through those? Um. Well, I bought sixty, and I'm down to about thirty six or so in how many events uh i believe it was two three jesus (laughs) tires well with these ones i well so with the federal rsrs i was getting about two and a half laps Mm -hmm. and then uh for for a set of rears and then with these RDM Sports, I'm getting about four or five laps. Oh, shit. That's way better. So, yeah, it's a lot better. And I'm getting these. I, I was getting these tires for a lot cheaper. Um, I was getting them for, I think it was like $64 a tire. Mm-hmm. Or a 265-35-18. Yeah. So that's not bad at all. No. So I, I bought the that whole, that whole bulk for... You know, a really good price, but I bought it in bulk because I also have. I knew I had Misfest coming up, and then I had uh, the not All Star Bash thing this weekend, which which was supposed to be All Star Bash. Yeah, supposed to be All Star Bash, 
And then um, in December, I'm doing Gunner Jam. Oh, shit. Okay, sweet. I heard so, that, uh, I, from what I've been told from a few guests, is that Winter Jam, you actually don't go through as many tires as uh, you normally would. I'm not saying to take less. I know. Okay, <laughs> just... I don't I, want you I, to be like, oh, I took six because Gerald said so. Fuck him. No. Um, uh, no, I'm taking like 30, 30 or 40 at least. Yeah. Uh, but Just yeah. In I, case. I, I don't want to drive. I don't want to drive six hours and not have tires. Dude. Yeah. That would suck ass. Um, but I, I have been told that the pay, that it's the track is kept so well there. Yeah, that, they are. Yeah. That their tires last forever. And I heard they're super anal about. Um, tech what tires you can run no tech in oh general. tech yeah absolutely so that brake thing that you that you have you may want to address that oh i know i'm i've already uh went through the whole the whole list and made sure that everything's gonna pass i still gotta put foot and bars in the car before before i go up there but oh, everything shit. else should pass tech oh okay well good to know yeah, because uh, yeah, their tech is insane. I heard it's, it's a, a FD tech, like it's basically. Oh, it's worse than FD tech. Oh shit, really? Yeah, it, from people that I know is, put it this way, Tim's car never had an issue passing tech. He went up there and there was one hole, or like one or two holes inside the weld, mm-hmm. and he they didn't pass him. Jesus, it's insane. Their their tech is very very strict. But that's good, though. You know, they're just covering their ass, and I understand that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I had a, I had a conversation about tech with somebody a while back. Um, I was planning on trying to put on an event, and they go, one of the guys was like, oh, I don't have a cage. Can I still drive? No. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're going to tandem, you're, you better have a cage. Like, yeah. full cage, or bars, and everything. He goes, oh, well... That's going to make a lot of people not want to drive it. That's fine with me. You know, like, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, it's but not, it's not, it's not bothering me. Yeah. yeah it's safety. I don't want to try to put on an event and then somebody end up getting, you know, the back of the car into a door, crush their leg, and then you're screwed. Yeah. Remember uh, Joe Tardiff? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Example A. Yeah. And then I haven't. Is he still you know, driving? Safety is, is there for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, he is driving. Uh, he built another car. I don't. I think he built another S13, if I'm not mistaken. Oh shit! Is he coming back? I it, I could have swore I saw him building a car. Yeah, um, I know he had his. I know he got his Pro Two license in 2015. Um, that's when I first yeah. got into it. I was actually there the night he. Uh, I think he won round four of Just Drift. That's when yeah. I actually. Uh, is it Rob Carlson? Yeah, it was like four no, not Rob years Carlson. ago. Four or five years ago? Yeah, uh, whatever. Twenty. Yeah. Oh, shit, has it been that long? Yeah. Damn. It's been a while. Fucking Christ. Yeah, four years ago. Uh, we'll go with that, because it sounds less. Um, <laughs> not Rob Carlson. Shit, I sound like an asshole. Chair Slayer. I can't remember his damn name. And I I know I'm a piece of shit. Don't, don't judge me. I can't remember his name. See? Uh, I know it's... Isn't it Rob? No, it is Rob. Yeah, Rob Parsons. Parsons, there you go. Not oh, Carl's. Uh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I remember he was there, and then... Uh, that's like... I didn't I didn't even know who the fuck Hurt was at the time. But I remember I I had asked him 
a couple questions and then um i just moved on with my life and then i found out later i was like oh he's a he's an inf- big influence in drifting apparently i had yeah. no idea <laughs> um but yeah i remember they i think they were going for one in the one and two spot and then joe ended up winning if i'm not mistaken yeah joe's a good driver he's a really good driver yeah that's or uh beecham one i can't remember which one yeah, I mean, back then it was uh, it was Tim, it was Tim Beecham and Blake Olson and uh, a few other guys that were all like top dogs back then. Yeah, it's uh, it's changing, and it's still kind of the same. I I feel like drifting hasn't really. At least in pro am, like since I got into it in 2015, I saw everybody with like a 400 horsepower LS. Uh, a few guys were running a dog box. I'd say the quick change has gotten a little bit more common now. Yeah, that's just more uh, convenient for which track you run, you know. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, do you ever have plans on doing the quick change thing, or you nah, don't really care for it? It's way too much money. I thought the same thing. Like someone makes a uh, a Ford 8.8 kit for my car, and it's like, I think the the axles are like fifteen hundred bucks, but that's common because and they're like twelve. They're supposed to be like thousand horsepower axles, and then um, the actual like the kit to bolt an 8.8 in, and it comes with the cover or the diff cover, and the um, the brackets it's like six seven hundred bucks plus whatever you get a fucking 8.8 for yeah so it's it's fairly like it's reasonable i feel and then 8.8s are dirt cheap yeah you can find them pretty cheap yeah I mean, and you, I, you get them out of like an explorer for like 75 you go on a half off day to like uh the pick apart for you know 50 bucks or something yeah so i i mean i don't plan on going quick change or nothing like that i mean I unless I blow 350 350z axles left and right, yeah, then I don't see any use to go quick change. Uh, you know the the setup that I have is fine, so you know if it works, don't change it. Especially if you haven't broken it yet. Yeah, you plan on going bigger power? Or are you good where you're at? Nah, I'm perfectly fine where I'm at. You know, 500 horsepower NA. That's all you need for pro am and to have fun. Uh, that's more than you need for pro am. Be realistic. <laughs> yeah, the more the more power you have, the more money you spend. Like uh, Schaefer, I think he's running like three sixty or three eighty to the wheels, and he yeah, he's not running too much. Yeah, and he's still better than half the field. Yeah, exactly. You don't need a lot of horsepower to to compete. No, you, you know? don't. Like, you just gotta be my buddy, good. <laughs> my buddy Mickey went out there. Granted, it was a few years, you know, quite a few years back, but, you know, he's been running the same stu- same SR for 14 years in his S13, and he went out there and got his, his pro license twice in that car, and he only had, like, 300-wheel horsepower. Oh, shit. Uh, so, you can't really put a horsepower number on it. It's all driving. What about that Sean Doom guy? Didn't he have he only have like a like a KA with a turbo on it? Yeah, but he was putting he was 
he was able to tune that car up to like five or six hundred at least. Holy shit! Really? Yeah, he was making a lot of power with that with that uh, with that KA. Yeah, I walked. I remember um, him like always swapping trannies out in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he put down a lot of power with that car. Damn, that's these guys are. And then he even went to Pro Two with it. Uh, yeah, I believe he is. He's still running the KA, if I'm not mistaken. That's fucking crazy. These people. I, yeah, powers. Powers. Uh, is i guess you could say overrated to a point yeah i i could see what you're saying uh not necessarily overrated just not as necessary Necessary. it's not a necessity yeah like don't be wrong don't go out there with like 200 horsepower i don't think but you know uh you know carlos carlos i think his last name is estrella the guy from, uh, he does the Senkal Drift stuff. I have heard of him. Yeah, he has a little Corolla with, like, 200 horsepower. Yeah, he won. He won round one. Did he? I think he won round one, like... I know he sat on the podium, but I won against him, and then I was, like, kind of curious as to why, like, I was flooring it, and I couldn't keep up, like, next... I was barely keeping up with him. And I think I was, I think I'm at, like, around 400 at the wheels. Then again, his car... It's also... Setup is a lot, you know? Yeah. Uh, This car spun so much. Like, I had to pedal it a lot. Yeah, a lot of the... I mean, there's a lot of setup things that you can do to make your car faster with less horsepower. Set it up with more grip. Yeah. So, um, speaking of that, like, what... Do you prefer a more grippier setup, more loose? What What do you do when you go out? Um, so... Last year, I was going, you know, last year my, or my first season competing, I went out, I set up the car with a lot of grip because that's how I knew cars to be set up because I was always around more advanced drivers. And uh, it kind of setting the car up with a lot more grip, low air pressures, I mean, I was running down to, like, 8 PSI on some tires. Jesus. And it, the beginning of this year, around one, it bit me in the ass because I went out with a car with a lot of grip, and every single run that I had judges coming up to me and other people coming up to me and saying, dude, take grip out of your car. It's affecting your driving. So... I learned a little bit, and I went out testing, and I was talking to Taka. Taka told me, he says, ever since I've known you, you set up your car with a lot of grip. He says, you do not know what a loose car feels like. So he told me, go test and set up your car loose so you know how it feels. So I went out, bumped the air pressures up, you know, 35, 40 PSI and went to go drive it after round one. Mm-hmm. And it made a night and day difference because I never, like I said, I never knew what a loose setup felt like because I was always running 
you know, low air pressures, 200 tread wear tires, and, you know, t- a lot of toe. And when I switched it over, like I said, I started to find out what a loose car felt like. And with the loose car, I was able to actually put the car where I wanted it instead of the car gripping up and me not being able to put it into a zone. So uh, the best suggestion with that is, you know, for people that are trying to figure out car setup is go out there and do exactly what Taka said. Go out there, set up your car with a lot of grip, go drive it. And then set it up with no grip, and then go drive it. So you can find a happy medium with your grip level, tires, you know, air pressures, etc. And that made everything so much better for me. Um, I don't know if you saw the videos from NizFest. I did not. If I did, so, I just don't remember. So at NizFest, I set it up like right in the middle of the like super grippy and super loose, like right in the middle, and it felt absolutely amazing. You know, I was only running instead of running like eight psi, I was running sixteen, seventeen psi on a two sixty five, and being able to put the car where I wanted it to felt way better than having a fast car that I did that I could not put the car where I wanted to. Ah. See, that's I I haven't figured this car out yet. I haven't nearly has as much seat time in it as I would have liked to. But like I had the the rear end raked up so high so it felt like every time I got on the throttle it would just spin. But with my BMW um, I could just floor it and I was fine, but it was too grippy because it would grip up all the time and I would just straighten unless I was in the throttle, like completely on it. Yeah. So like I said, what I noticed is, is setting the car up loose, you get the feeling you, you're able to feel what the car is doing. And when you have it set up really tight or, you know, with a lot of grip, then you can't necessarily feel like what the car, how it's how it's transitioning, and what the car is doing. So, because at like you said, every single time that you let off throttle, the car wants to grip up. So if you don't know how to drive it, or you're not used to it, it's gonna affect you, and it's gonna actually make everything worse for you instead of being able to like I said, put the car where you want it and not have to fight the car. Yeah, that's the stupid car right now. So irritated. I, want, <laughs> I wanted, like, the, the main goal this whole offseason was, I was like, I'm going to get, I already had plans to upgrade the clutch because I knew it, was, it wasn't an adequate clutch for drifting. It was basically an LS7 style clutch. And some guys have a lot of good luck with it and they have no problem. Um, which is great for them, but I knew mine was on its way out. It was like two years old already. I never probably the LS seven like luck clutch. Two hundred and fifty dollars on Amazon. Shit, yep. <laughs> I had the same shit, dude. And then like, 
the whole plan was to get as much seat time this offseason as possible. That's how I was, was going to drive any and every event I could afford and just go for it and hopefully, like, you know, hit the ground running next season. And that's not happening. So we'll see what happens. I'm still going to try to get at least two test days in before competition starts because I have made a few other changes. Um, my car wasn't able to go as low in the rear, so it was kind of raked up in the back. I figured something out. I took a piece out of the coilover that um, I spoke with Feel. They're like, oh, you can take this little plate out, and you're good to go. So I did that, so hopefully that kind of helps out. I don't know if it will or it won't. Uh, my biggest problem was I don't listen to people. So, <laughs> so Trust me, I didn't, I didn't listen to people for the longest time. Dude, it's a I fuck, started. I hate it. I, it's, I don't <laughs> do it on purpose. It, to anybody who's ever told me, hey, you should do this, I'm not ignoring you on purpose. I have this thing about figuring things out by myself. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes it's good to listen to different inputs, you know? If you That's what you I try listen- to do. I try to get like like input from so many different people and just kind of like find a happy medium there and kind of go with that. Yes, I mean like like for me it's uh like go to one side of the spectrum and then feel how that is and then go to the complete opposite side of the spectrum so you know how that feels and then find what works for you because yeah. somebody else's setup isn't necessarily gonna work for you correct and i've seen a lot of people do that you and know like it, uh for instance uh, for instance darcy um you know she's a newer drifter like she could drive but she's a she's a newer drifter, and she was always trying to go off everybody else's setups. So I helped her out a little bit, and I, I explained to her. I said, "Look, go start with a basic setup, and then find what works for you, because somebody who's a more aggressive driver, that setup won't work for you because you're starting out, you know, and." you might not be such an as an aggressive driver as they are so the car is going to react differently to the way you drive and i ran into the same issue you know i tried to set my car up with a lot of grip and all that other stuff because that's all i knew and to an extent it it didn't benefit me at all so i had to do trial and error and find out what worked for me yeah and then I've never actually went and did like a whole test day. Like spent the money, did a complete test day, and actually spent the time out there to make the changes. And it doesn't help that I don't really have like the team, quote unquote, to do it with. Like to have somebody out there and help me work on the car. Because it's all me yeah. right now. I, is that your setup too? Because I, I don't think I ever caught on to where, like if you have extra people out there with you. Um, every once in a while I'll have like one or two guys helping me out. I mean, most of the time it's me and my girl and like Brandon. And there's a few rounds where I had some help from, uh, my buddy Jesse and Scott, which they worked on Rob's team and they also worked with Hornadale. Okay. Um, you know, I've had some help at the track with them and then like every once in a while you know some friends that are there will help me out but not all of them know 
exactly they don't know setups you know they could help me change tires and maybe work on something or something like that but they not the kind of people that can sit down grab data and you know keep track of air pressures and stuff like that um i mean most of the time i do that by myself you know yeah it's it's the same for me but um hopefully it all goes well um, I actually have like a childhood friend that I grew up with in LA and uh, we ran into each other at the track uh, and he's, he does a lot of like the slide factory events out here. Oh, okay. And then, so now he's like, Hey, you know, next season I, you know, I'm interested in helping you. Uh, so I'm like, cool. Hopefully that all works out. Cause I know his work schedule is kind of weird. Yeah. So, but I'm hoping to kind of like start to build that up. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to get people to actually help, you know? Like yeah, especially because it's not, it's honestly, I don't, I can't afford to pay somebody, but I could at least make sure like I cover your expenses, your fuel, you know, food, and, you know, get you in. Like that's. Yeah, exactly. But you get to work all day for free, and no one's <laughs> excited about that. But some people well, are like, hey, I want to learn. experience. Yeah, okay, but see, not everyone's like that. Like, I know I'm that way. That's how, like, I, you know Andrew Atala, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what, like, in 2017, I worked with him. Like, I helped him out because um, I wanted to know. Like, there was things I didn't like that he did, and then I made sure that I didn't do those things. So I kind of learned from that. Um, not to say that he does anything bad, but there's just, you know, obviously I'm not going to agree with everything somebody does. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> So I kind of learned that way. So, but now I'm hoping that whoever I freaking have, if I have anybody that I can kind of, you know, at least if they at least learn something from my mistakes, that'd be cool. You know, but yeah, getting someone to actually commit to it, it's kind of hard. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it helps when you have people that are helping you on like, you know, for say your team, um, like for me, the people that used to help me a lot were drivers, so they knew exactly what to look for. Yeah, you know, they could, they could tell you, "Hey, that run was shitty," or "That run was good," or "Or half the run was good, but you need to fix this zone." Um, so, like, if you have drivers that help you, people that know what they're doing, it does it helps a lot. You know, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, it does. And then does. Did your girl spot for you? Uh, no. Last season, um, for half the season, I had uh, my buddy Bobby was spotting for me, which is Tim's brother. And Tim, uh, I mean, sorry, Bobby is the one who spots for Tim at you know all his FD events and everything like that. So he knows exactly what to look for. He knows exactly what the judges are looking for and all that other stuff. So having him help me was fantastic because, you know, he, he led his brother to a championship in, in Pro-Am, you know? Yeah. So him helping me was, was awesome because, like I said, he knew what he was looking at. And, he, you know, he knows Tim's setup and helping me with my setup and all that other stuff he knows what, like, if the car's doing one thing, he knows what to do to change 
to get the car to do what I want, you know? Yeah. So that helped me out a lot. And then Brandon helped spot for me a little bit. Um, but ma- mainly the people that were spotting for me were either drivers or, you know, for instance, uh, my buddy Jesse spotted for me. And he was the one who worked on Honadale's team and with Rob. So, you know, he also knows what to look for. You know, he's pretty experienced. So having a spotter that, you know, knows what they're looking at and can tell you what to do to the car to make it do what you want, uh, that helps a, a great, you know, a great amount. Yeah. And then, like, so I have, I've had, like, other people spot for me. And then I have my girlfriend spot for me, and she's got the job. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have this thing about, like, people telling me what I'm doing wrong instead of just telling me what to correct. Like, I had my dad spot for me one day. And then he just kept telling me, he's like, you're doing this, you're doing that in the car. I'm like, you can't even see me in the fucking car. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then uh, I had my girlfriend spot for me, and then she's like, hey, you're not getting close enough into this zone. And that was more for me, at least it was, it was better. It was better for me to understand that. Cause then, okay, I can figure out what I'm doing wrong in the car so I can keep it closer or, you know, uh, actually fill out the zone or whatever yeah, the case may be. Zone better. Yeah. And then where my dad will just be like, Oh, you're doing this wrong. I'm like, what do you, I'm like, just tell me what I didn't get to on the course. I was like, you were in the driver's meeting. Just tell me where I'm not at. Um, if I'm not in a place I should be. Instead, he's like, oh, you're turning the wheel. I'm like, I didn't ask you that. But that, <laughs> but for other people, that'll work great. It just, there's, uh, everyone kind of handles things differently, I guess. Yeah. So I take, when it comes to advice, like from a spotter, I want them to be 100% bluntly honest. Like, if that run sucked, tell me. Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't want you to be, you know, don't sugarcoat it. You know, if the run sucked or I need to change here, change there, tell me. You know, constructive criticism is everything in drifting. Correct. You know? I agree. It's what you learn from. Yeah, but you got, and then it's also kind of like, how do you, everybody like learns differently, I guess. So it's kind of like trying to figure out how you can be, how can you. How do they learn? Like, so for instance, for me, I learn by doing, making mistakes. That's, that's just how I learn. Some other people are like, nope, you got to tell me exactly what I'm doing wrong in this car. So I know how to correct it. You know, what's funny. So Taka, the judge at Top Drift. He does that too. He's done it to me. (laughs) Dude, Taka has come up to me before and he can't see inside the car. Uh Uh-huh. Right? Oh, so, but he's probably 100% fucking right. <laughs> yeah, every single yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. He'll come up to me and he'll tell me straight up. He says, oh, uh, I know exactly what you're doing wrong. And I'm like, what? He says, you're not watching your zone. He's like, instead of like looking all over the place, he's like, watch your clipping point. Because I can tell straight up right now that you're not doing it. And and I'm just thinking in my head, like, how the fuck does he know this? <laughs> Dude, yeah, he did the same thing. he's been doing thing. it for so long. Remember when I hit the mountain? Yeah. Okay, so he was like, he came up to me right after, and he goes, hey, stop looking at it. And I was like, what? 
He goes, you look at it. He's like, and your eyes, he's like, your helmet never moves. He's like, as soon as you see the, um, the mountain, he's like, you never get out of there. He's like, you have to look at the next object. Um, and that was like the best way explained to me. And then I think I kind of like disregarded my dad because he doesn't like, he's, he's not into drifting. So he's just telling me like other shit, like from his experience of when he used to drag race. So I was like, okay. And then when Taco was like, Hey, you're looking at this, you keep looking at the mountain. And then I saw a video clip of me and then and you could just see me staring straight at the fucking mountain the whole time. Yeah. So look ahead. Comes, <laughs> yeah. So what I've realized is because me, like me, as I said, me, Tim and Brandon, we all come from BMX racing and, yeah. you know, doing tricks and all that other shit. So we, when we used to ride, say like you go to do a 360 and to do a 360, you turn your head. So your body will follow. Correct. So that's how we relate to it, to drifting, is your hands and your car is going to follow where your head is looking. So if you're watching a zone or a clipping point, your arms will automatically drive to that zone. So just the traditional hand and eye coordination deal. Exactly. And I had, I had problems with that for the longest time. And then I started watching my clipping points and watching my zones and watching the wall, how close I was. And, like, you know, Taka told me to do that. And my driving improved significantly after I started actually doing that because he used to grind me every single time he watched me drive. Uh-huh. He, he goes, dude, you're not watching your, your zones. Watch your zones and your runs will get better. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, that's, and then I started doing the whole like hand-eye coordinate, like just paying attention where I'm going. I'm playing fucking racing games. Like I used to like focus on the car so much, like where I was at, and then I would always crash. And then I started looking ahead, and then I noticed I was like, "Oh shit, that's how that works." Mm-hmm. And I, I, by the way, I'm 30. I barely started playing video games like the beginning of this year. <laughs> um, I've, yet, I've yet to get in a simulator and, and do any of that shit. i haven't done that yet uh that is on the fucking on the menu like it's gotta come i need to get one i would like to get one they're just so expensive for, Dude, for a good one yeah but that's <laughs> but i've heard some guys um like, like you can get like really sweet deals on like you shit too so and I'm all for buying used. I don't give a shit as long as it works. Exactly. Um, but I was looking at like into the VR setups because it gives you like a better perception of depth and everything like that. <laughs> yeah, instead exactly. of the monitors, like it might be worth the extra money. Yeah, like I said, one day I'll, I'll eventually, eventually get one. But probably end up, when I end up moving out of state and buying my own house then i'll have like a designated room for it oh when uh cost of living is cheaper <laughs> yeah like do i we're getting out of california for mostly that reason yeah it's it's and ridiculous then, here man yeah so we're probably going to arizona and i wish i could thankfully I... arizona still has a drifting which is nice yeah um but that was my main worry about moving out of state 
is is there going to be a series or a track or something that I can still go drive? Yeah. Uh, I was looking into the Pacific Northwest because I kind of like it up there, but it's just like having a kid and then like I you know co-parenting like unless she was like hey I'll move up there too like it ain't happening. Yeah, exactly. So priorities. Exactly. Unfortunately. Well, yeah, I like him most days until he tells me to piss off without saying it. <laughs> uh, but anyways, man, uh, I think I'm going to call it a night for you. If you'd like to do a, sh- a sponsor shout out, please go ahead. And how can people reach you, whether it's Instagram, Facebook or I don't do you do, you do YouTube? No, I, I've yet to do anything YouTube. Do you even care for YouTube? Nope. D- same. And uh, I, I just I get like a whole bunch of DMs on the podcast page. They're like, and it's just people like promoting their YouTube, and I'm like, hmm, have you listened to my show at all? Because I <laughs> bash on YouTube constantly. Yeah, like it's I mean, not I, for me. There's people out there that make make a living off YouTube. No, I get yeah. that. But for me, it's just it's so much extra work and all this other stuff. I'm, mm-hmm. And I have a full-time job. You know, I work my ass off. Same. And I don't have the extra time for that. Yeah. You know, the, the extra time that I do have. And then the the, the hours these guys put into that shit, too. Yeah. Like, editing ain't fucking easy. I know that for sure. Oh, definitely not. So, it's it's I don't have the time or the patience. And then... The only type of, like, I don't want to watch another driver do the same shit I do. <laughs> like, I granted, he probably does it better. Not going to lie. But it's like, I I do that, so I don't care. But I could see why other people are into it, and they're like, I want to do that. And I don't yeah. do that yet. So it's <laughs> it's kind of understandable, but I have no desire. <clears throat> but so. go ahead, if you uh, sponsor um, shout so sponsorships, 2F Performance, uh, Clutch Masters, STR Racing Wheels, uh, CP Carrillo, uh, Bink Industries, Nate over at Bink. That guy is the most knowledgeable dude I've ever met. Uh, learned a lot from that guy. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, he's got, I, I, if I can somehow swing it, maybe get some overtime, a decent Christmas bonus. Um, I am going to be hitting him up for a full-on um, steering angle kit for the car. So, because I know he's yeah, like he's is, like a fucking wizard when it comes to that. Dude, he studies geometry books for fun. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fucking nuts. Like, if I'm not mistaken, his the current Wisefab is his correction, isn't it? Uh, not exactly. I mean, it's close. Yeah. But okay. He's uh, I mean, even from my knowledge, is uh, he was actually making a correction kit for the new wife's fab. Oh shit! To fix the new version too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, like I said, that guy. He's. I've never had an issue with him, and he's always helped me. You know, there's times where something would be bothering me or something's not going right with the car and I'll call him up. Dude, we'll spend over an hour on the phone just talking and bullshitting and figuring it out. You know, he'll explain things to me. 
Um, you know, when I go down to his shop, you know, if, if I ever get extra time, I'll go down to his shop, hang out with him, and, you know, we'll talk, you know, FD stuff, we'll talk setups, we'll talk all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, knowledge-wise, dude, he's he's got so much knowledge. He's one of those guys that makes you feel, like, stupid. <laughs> yeah, he, he goes above and beyond. Yeah. You know, he'll try to find a better way to do anything. Doesn't matter what it is. And I can appreciate that. That's that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, no, definitely not. You know, I mean he's done even the little simple things like the anti squat tabs for S fourteens. Yeah. And that makes a night and day difference with your car. You know, he uh you know, it's just something simple that can correct something that will help you and your driving and car setup, you know, it's it's insane. Yeah. Um, but uh, Instagram handle? Uh, Instagram is Ian Archer. It's I A N A R C H E R seven two seven. Is that your number? Yeah, seven two seven. Uh, any any meaning behind the number? Uh, not really. Oh, just thought it looked cool on a sticker. Seven two seven. Okay. Like mine's, <laughs> I'm seven twenty one, but that's my son's birthday. Oh, there you go. So. Yeah, I don't have any meaning behind it. It's just like I said, it looked good on a sticker. <laughs> we'll run with that. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, man, uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, I do appreciate it. And whatever you decide to do next year, best of luck, man. And again, congratulations on the yeah, engagement. Of course. I mean, I'll still be driving. Oh, I hope thank we you. get to drive together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, that, we'll plan something for sure. Uh, uh, yeah. Next season, like I said, I think I I might do a few drift league events. Okay. If all goes well, money if if money is right. <laughs> no, I, I hear you, man. I just got a new job, so it's like I don't even have vacation time right now. So I am bending over backwards to do anything I can for money. So. Yeah, my uh, and I my want to buy a house. I'm just calling out sick to go to events, dude. And then my boss wants to kill me. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I know because you worked in it. Your industry is different, so I just work Monday through Friday when businesses is open. So yeah, unfortunately, good. I get stuck Saturdays. Oh, the working all days on you know weekdays. Uh, if the shop is busy, we stay late and go in early, and then. Saturdays is very, very hard to get off because working at a dealership, it's our busiest day. I assume so, and uh, but it does pay for what you got now, so that's yeah, good money, right? You know, when it's good, it's good, but when it's bad, it's horrible. It's fuck, yeah, <laughs> yep, but, it's fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, but all right, man. Thank you again. You have a good night, man. All right, talk to you soon. All right, bye bye. Later.